Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. We have a very special guest today on the show. This is episode 20, and I certainly hope that this one is the one that everyone enjoys the most because we have a special guest. We have Rita Smith on Inside the Den. Rita, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks, Tim. It's my pleasure, and I appreciate being involved with this. You're doing a great job with it. Well, thank you. Okay, so everyone out there, Rita uh, does many things for the college, but her biggest role for us as coaches and teams, she is the Director of Athletic Training and also serves as uh, the Associate Athletic Director. She's a healthcare Administrator. She's also an Assistant Professor. So she wears many hats at Lee's McRae, but us coaches and athletes uh, work very closely with her and her staff. Now, what's unique about her and her background and experience is that she has seen a lot at Lee's McRae. She arrived in Banner Elk to work for uh, the department in 1983. So 37 years in Banner Elk. Uh, Rita? That's quite amazing. (laughs) Did you have any idea when you showed up in 1983 that you would be here in 2020? Uh, No, not at all. It's not not something you think about. It it was an opportunity to do several things. And, you know, one one year was what I was thinking and to get me to the next step. And this was the next step. Okay, so... Before we get into some questions and, and you offer some stories about what all you've been through, I want to offer some perspective for everyone out there. Now, all former, current athletes know Rita. All the coaches that have ever been here know Rita. But for all the listeners out there, you might not know this. I'm going to run down some stats, Rita, which I think are quite impressive. Now, you and your staff, you know, you provide care, medical care, for all of our athletes, rehab and, uh, and, and pregame and pre-practice prep. But over the course of your career, I would estimate that you've probably helped at least over 10,000 total athletes in your career. And then through that, you have seen every NCAA postseason appearance, which there are 65 of those. Then there's 47 Conference Carolina regular season championships. There's 32 Conference Carolinas tournament championships. Selfishly speaking, there's 10 cycling team national championships with 59 individual national championships, not to mention four bowl appearances in football. And then in 2012, you were inducted into the Fred I. Dickerson Athletic Hall of Fame, which I'm sure had to be a pretty special moment for you. And as I read, as I read that list, there's two words that come to mind, and that's legacy and tradition. Uh, because your legacy that you've, you have built over all these years and what it has done is now it's helped us to build our tradition and maintain our tradition and Rita, I just want to 
I just want to tell you how impressive your career has been and that it's, it's admirable to me. And just to know that you're not done is, uh, is even more remarkable. And so when you hear all of that, how does that hit you? Well, it's pretty overwhelming if I, I sit back and, and think of numbers like 10,000 athletes. Um, there's probably some other things. We, we did have some uh, basketball success and so- a lot of soccer, men and women success in the junior college time and in AIA time that we were as we transitioned to NCAA. So, um, I, you know, it brings back a lot of memories. Um, it's not something I sit around and think about, but when you bring it up, um, uh, it's good. It makes me tired um, (laughs) knowing what all and and how many miles we put in to go to many of those bowl games and championships, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, The the journey has been and continues to be a good one, and every day there's something new. Athletic training changes every day, and and then athletics as well. As, as we face our new challenges now with the with the COVID nineteen, and and trying to make sure that our student athletes, our staff, uh, and everyone uh, is as safe as as we can help them be. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's good to look back, but it, it's also kind of overwhelming a, a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm for I for one am glad you keep coming back and you're a part of what it is that we're doing because you're a valuable piece in our success as uh, coaches and teams and athletes. But first, what I really want to do is I want to go back to the beginning. Uh, let me share you know, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? And then how did you decide through all of that to get into athletic training? Uh, I'm originally from Mount Airy, North Carolina. Uh, yes, everyone thinks of it as Mayberry. Um, I did grow up an only child in the neighborhood of uh, one other girl and uh, several boys who were coaches' sons. And if we wanted to play the games, we had to, to get in there and love sports anyway. Uh, so grew up playing everything from football to basketball to baseball. Um, But then there were no opportunities, you know, for girls at that time. Um, I was very fortunate that Title IX came along. So by the time I got to high school, I did have opportunities to to play organized sports to represent our school. Um, I can tell you a big day in in our career, time back then was when we got uniforms that was it was just huge and uh i look at all the gear that our kids get and i i just think and hope that they greatly appreciate that because at one time uh we were playing in t-shirts and and shorts or whatever we could bring to practice and we're happy to do it we just wanted to play so um i did graduate from out high school i went on to unc greensboro and uh completed my degree in uh, physical education. I played field hockey while I was at UNCG, which was a great experience and still have good friends fr- from that team. Uh, I then went to Appalachian State with the intent of, of getting the graduate degree in education and athletic training was going to be something to supplement getting a teaching job. Uh, there weren't many teaching jobs in physical education at that time. 
the early 80s. Um, but once I got into athletic training over at ASU, um, I had found my passion. Uh, I always liked to make things better, whether it was refinishing furniture or helping someone. And with athletic training, I could stay involved with sports and athletics and help people. Um, and it, it, it was obviously um, the best choice I could have made at the time. Mm. And so not only did you do that, but you did it at a time, you know, as you were growing up and going through college, and then as you're getting to that point where you're, the opportunity comes open at Lee's McRae, you're doing this in the, in, the, in the early to mid-1980s when opportunities for women in sports were very, very few. You know, uh, what was that like to go through? I know it had it had to be frustrating. I remember about my own childhood and the opportunities my sister and her friends might have had. And they just were not as plentiful as they are today. What was that like for you? Uh, and then to come to Lee's McRae, how did you get here? And then you're just part of something that's continuing to grow to this very day. It was frustrating uh, when I was at, at App. Um, you know, the, the female athlete training students were not allowed to work football, and, and we kept pushing and we kept pushing. And, um, uh, you know, they finally said, okay, because, <clears throat> excuse me, the training room, the athletic training room for football was in the middle of the field house or locker room area for the team. So, they said, well, if, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to get there long before any of the players arrive so you can get into the athletic training room, and you have to stay in there until all the players go out to the field. And we were like, fine, that's that's what we will do. Um, so that was uh, our first opportunity to get into football um, and, and to get that experience. Uh, we enjoyed the other sports. We learned a lot, but I think we all know football is – a whole different world, particularly from the athletic training standpoint. And we wanted to learn all that we could, and so we took advantage of that opportunity. Um, at, I finished my degree <clears throat> at App and still needed um, to complete some internship hours for athletic training at that time. Uh, I had to do 1,800 uh, intern hours at that time. So, um a good friend of mine from UNC Greensboro was coaching basketball here, Laura Johnson, and uh, she needed an assistant coach. We reconnected, and I came over as her assistant coach for basketball, <clears throat> but that also allowed me to be in close proximity to Appalachian and Doc Canoy, Ron Canoy at Appalachian, worked with me to allow me to come over and work with the football team that fall of uh, the fall of 83 to complete those intern hours. And, um, you know, so I was here. I was a uh, assistant dorm director in Tate, which was a women's dorm at that time, and helping with basketball and helping with women's tennis and then going back and forth uh, some to ASU to, to complete those intern hours. Uh during that basketball season, the athletic director who eventually would hire me, uh, Carlisle Hostetter, uh, one of his star players hurt his ankle. Um, they were using students as their athletic trainers at the time, and the student came to me and, and asked, 
you know, if I could help him out with it, and I did. And uh, I, I guess that impressed Carlisle because that summer we worked on an arrangement to get me here as the, the first employed full-time athletic trainer um, for the, the college as a whole. Um, there had not been an athletic training uh, room. Uh, every sport would tape in their storage closet or – uh, there was really no area to treat, uh, it, it, and I say I started with two color, two coolers, and a folding table, and that's literally how we began. Mm. And I just found spaces. Um, fortunate to find the space that we're in now that was not being used at the time, and took a couple of years, but we turned it into an athletic training facility. Well, you know, nowadays young people, uh, you know, for quite a while, everyone has just assumed that, you know things that you do in in athletic training that it's always been around and and you know for a lot of sports back then there was no athletic training department you know maybe just at the top no. schools and, and and as you said football drives everything mm-hmm. uh you know as you're doing that you alluded to it a little bit what is it about athletic training and providing care for others that you enjoy the most uh well like i say if if you get to be on the sidelines um, of so many different sports, and that, and uh, it's you develop relationships with these the coaches and the student athletes. Um, you know, many of the former student athletes have become good friends. Uh, the athletic training itself, uh, you get to make a difference. Um, the, the, there's nothing better than when you can help that student athlete get back to their passion of, of playing their sport and to get them back or for them to tell you that, Oh yeah, that feels so much better. And, and, and it's helping me. And, um, you know, then years later and they come back and they still remember that and they thank you for that. And, um, you know, it's helping them continue what they love to do at the same time, getting to do what I like to do. Mm. And um, so everybody wins. And speaking of women in sports, you know, every year we celebrate a, a Women in Sport Day on February 5th. And you alluded to earlier just the impact of Title IX and how opportunities that used to not be there uh, began to open up more and more. What does that day mean to you? And what has it been like for you to have been a part of that growth for so many years? Uh, well, I remember learning about Title IX, obviously, uh, more so when I was in college. Being in physical education, we, we did a lot with the history, and many of my professors were directly involved with uh, the girls and women in sports campaign. So uh, I had the opportunity to learn from, from those who were directly involved in firsthand knowledge. Um, and, and it just, I think, inspired me as well as uh, you know my classmates and teammates that okay these things are happening and we can we can start to get these opportunities but we've got to appreciate it and, and take full advantage of it and when i got into athletic training there weren't very many women in athletic training um the first convention i ever attended a national meeting probably about 1200 people there and there were only about 50 women mm. um so you know today it's it's pretty much 50-50 in athletic training um which you know it makes me very proud to have been a uh on that ground level so to speak there were many that came before me that did all the hard work um 
but it, it's it's very fulfilling to know that hopefully um, my role, my journey has opened opportunities for others. Uh, when we were in the JUCO football conference, um, there weren't many athletic trainers at all, and much less females. There were two of us. Um, but we made it work, and we kept working, we kept working, and, and now if you ask someone about having a football team and not having an athletic trainer, it seems to be unheard of, but that was not necessarily the case. There were many colleges that did not have athletic trainer or, or direct health care for the student athletes back in the early 80s. So to be a part of that, um, you know, is very gratifying. Uh, I just... I want all of our student athletes to appreciate the opportunities that they have <clears throat> to compete in college athletics, but I especially want those young women to know that it hasn't always been there and to not take it for granted and to appreciate their time and, and make the most of it. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, as director of athletic training, you manage a staff of only four people. Uh, and you've got so you've got four assistant athletic trainers, but you have about 20 teams at Lee's McRae, and that's whoo that seems overwhelming to me. What is that like day to day for you and your staff, and how do you manage such a big responsibility with such a small crew? Well, you first of all you got to have good people, and we have four very good uh, athletic trainers. Uh, they come from different areas, different backgrounds. Um, they're young. Uh, Lucas, our head athletic trainer, uh, has been with us going into seven years, I believe it is now. Um, and and he's, they're all doing a great job. Uh, we have to coordinate. I, I try to take as much administrative duties off of them as I can, such as the scheduling, such as, um, you know, I hound you guys, the coaches, for information all the time, I don't want them to have to do that. I want their focus to be on our taking care of our student athletes and doing those day-to-day -day, um, rehabs and treatments and and taking care of the teams when we're on the road, if that's possible. Uh, with only four, each of them will have uh, three to four teams that they're responsible for. We have to sometimes pick and choose uh, where we can travel, where we can't, um, and that, that's changing every day. Uh, you know, ideally we would have a larger staff. Every team would have an athletic trainer that could be devoted to them and maybe one other team, um, but we don't have that right now. So we have to communicate. We have to work together. Um, it, you know, it's very important that we, we know what's going on around us as far as the overall schedule every day and try our best not to let anyone fall through the cracks. <clears throat> well, and I would imagine that right now in this time in history has to be even more challenging with what's happening with uh, the virus and you and your staff's involvement in how these athletes are going to get back on the field to practice and hopefully play soon. Uh, speak to what that's been like uh, for you all and I'm sure that what's, uh, what's out there now as to the best practices, as you have told us as coaches through this summer, what we say today could look different uh, four to six weeks from now. And so when you have this moving target, 
uh, I'm sure cannot be tough. I mean, it cannot be easy, but uh, you know, as an administrator and also as a, as a healthcare provider, uh, what has it been like for you and your staff to go through this and help us to do our jobs to keep our athletes healthy and safe? Um, during the time after, uh, after spring break, when, when we went completely online with our classes and our uh, student athletes went home, um, athletic training continued to work. Uh, we were physically distancing and having meetings and trying to go over every scenario we could imagine and areas that we would need to focus on to to make it safe. And like you said, it's changing every day. Um, I have been working on policies and, and protocols uh, all summer. Um, Luke has been keeping up with what's going on with our conference athletic trainers. Um, you know, we, we hear this over and over again. You're not in this alone. We're all in this together. Um, and Conference Carolinas is very much trying to do that so that we're all consistently offering uh, the best we can under the circumstances for our visiting teams. Uh, the first and foremost, we want our athletes to be safe. And I've asked you as coaches to be creative into how you can have your practice sessions and, and have enough physical distance. Um, we don't necessarily want our athletes wearing masks if they're working in high-intensity exercises. Uh, Dylan, our strength and conditioning coach, is working hard to figure out how to best utilize our time that we can have in the weight room and how are we going to keep that safe. We've worked with facility services about uh, extra cleaning and sanitizing and how is that going to happen in, in a gym that's, that's pretty much used from 6 or 7 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Um, there's not a lot of breaks in there, but we have to create them. So we're, we're trying to hit all the areas that we can think of. Uh, every time we think we've got a good list and ha have all the areas, something else comes up. Well, what about this? So it, it's troubleshooting every day. Um, there's lots of information out there. We're waiting more in, uh, for more information anytime from the NCAA to, to send us some more things. Um, our association, National Athletic Traders Association, uh, is working hard to, to do the same thing. We're all trying to develop protocols and practices that are going to keep everyone safe that's student athletes that's uh, staff uh, fans should we be able to have them um, you know and there's so many little things that we have to look at and we really encourage our student athletes right now to be taking good care of themselves uh, social distancing wearing that mask washing their hands getting those habits uh, well before they get here because that's going to be uh, a routine that they have to stick with every single day. Um, we will be screening them daily, um, and that's that's part of the world that we're in right now. Well, it is a big job, and uh, but I'm appreciative that you and your staff are committed to doing it and doing it the right way, and, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for all us coaches and athletes and teams, but we're eager to get together again, and we're going to be doing that soon uh, as classes begin on August 17th, and we've got some team camps prior to that. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a daunting challenge, but 
you know, I, 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 I look forward to that challenge. So I appreciate what you and your staff are doing in that regard because I, I know that it's going to help us be better. Uh, switching gears again, you know, because of your lengthy perspective that you have on athletics here at Lee's McRae, I just thought I'd look back a little bit at our tradition of team success because we've had a lot and you know it sometimes we lose sight of that and we're we're not just in tune with the entire scope of all the success that our athletic department has had uh, over the past four five six decades during your time at Lee's McRae I know as athletic trainers you know they tend to get close to certain teams because of the ones they work with are there any that you were closer to uh, yourself that stand out as memorable, memorable teams and memorable accomplishments when you look back on your time here? Uh, there's a lot. Um, you know, in the in the in the '80s when we had football, I would travel with football. I would travel with women's basketball. Uh, once we added soccer, um, we added women's soccer in 1986, I believe it was. Um, I, and I would try to travel with them when I could. Um, lots of road miles. Uh, but to single out one team would be extremely difficult. Uh, I can think of many athletes that uh, kept me busy, uh, you know, that would have multiple injuries. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they were... They were those athletes that did not want to be out. And so sometimes we had to butt heads <laughs> and Miss Rita would have to hold them out even, you know, even though they didn't think that was the right thing to do. So, well, let's maybe talk uh, about them because I, I've been thinking an awful lot about, <laughs> you know, what it takes to be a Bobcat, the grit, the determination, the, the commitment, all the little characteristics and variables that, uh, an elite athlete has to bring to the table to be successful and continue the tradition that we have and continue the success of uh, the various teams that are continuing to improve. Yeah, maybe if you do have some of those athletes that come to mind, yeah, who did you butt heads with and or who stood out as amazing athletes that just uh, separated themselves from everyone? Well, confidentiality, I can't really mention their names. <laughs> with regards to injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't want to do that. But uh, a women's basketball com player comes to mind who had uh, numerous injuries from concussions to a broken finger to uh, you name it, foot, knee, I think a little bit of everything. Uh, she was very successful, is a very successful businesswoman right now. Uh, couldn't be more proud of her. Um, but she did not want to sit out, you know, anything she could do to get on that court, she was going to do it. So sometimes Miss Rita had to pull the reins in. It's the <laughs> same thing with, uh, several women's soccer players who were quite hard headed for lack of a better term. Um, if I go back to the football days, um, you know, if, if a player was out of contact, for example, on a certain practice day, they had to wear a, a different color uh, jersey, um, and they would try to sneak around and, and get rid of the jersey. But, um, you know, they, they just wanted to play. And 
while it was challenging to get them to understand that, hey, I want you back as much as you do for a lot of reasons. I like to watch you play, but also you're, you're taking up a lot of my time by arguing with me. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, we all had once we would sit down and, and say, OK, we have the same goal. You have to trust me that I'm going to get you there uh, safely and hopefully get you back even better than you were before. Um, thank goodness at the t- at the time and, and still today we have the swimming pool, one of the greatest rehab tools we could have because I could rehab 10 or 15 people at a time. And if you go back and ask some of the, the football players back in that day, it was, it was Miss Rita's pool time for about 30 minutes, but it kept them moving. It kept them in some degree of fitness that once they were ready to return, they were completely ready to return. So, um, you know, there, there's stories where I've seen moms come down and, um, and he'll know who this is. It injured his ankle and I'm looking at it and his mother walks over to the sideline and she's just fussing about him, about his, his lack of care for his toenails not is he okay the first thing out of her mouth was i told you to trim those nails so uh he and i still get a big laugh out of that every every time i see him um you know but um there's a lot of them out there tim um and and i I don't want to divulge too many secrets um (laughs) you know traveling with with football and being the only female and eventually they let me take a student a female student with me on the road that could help out. But um, those guys would take good care of me. They would help me unload. Um, if it was an overnight trip, Miss Rita, where are you going to eat? Uh, well, I don't know. You know, we would get money and you go to your place. Well, you're not going by yourself. So mm. uh, here I walk in with the football team. Um, it, you know, it's just a lot of good memories. Uh, I, I miss the interaction that I had when I was actually practicing athletic training, <clears throat> sorry, my voice getting dry this morning. But uh, you know, from my standpoint now, I, I know my role is different. Um, it's not necessarily creating or putting on that tape job or doing that rehab session. But I, I'm working behind the scenes even more to to try to keep us all moving in the right direction. So. There's a lot of stories out there, um, but like I said, I, I won't call anyone out. Well, that's probably a good thing. We're we we athletes and coaches can be our own worst enemy at times, and we know better. But like you said, we want to be out there playing and competing. Uh, and thankfully, we have uh, people like you to hold us back and keep us safe and healthy to be better in the future. Okay, so one final thing. We have come a long way as a department since 1983 when you first came to Lees McRae. So as you look at how things stand, the current landscape, and especially what we've accomplished in just the past decade and the success we've had, now you know our abilities and our limitations as well and as, as good as anyone. What do you see? What's your vision outlook for athletics this year as we're going through what we're going through? And then once we get past this, uh, how do you see the next five to 10 years of Lee's McRae athletics and what we can accomplish? So, uh, I always like to look, be positive. And as daunting as this, uh, our situation is right now, 
um, at some point we're going to come out of this. And uh, we have, you know, you guys, you coaches are a great group. And I think it, this situation has made us stronger in a lot of ways. And Craig is our, our leader. Um, it, you know, he, he says that from time to time, that as difficult as this has been, not to see each other, not to meet in person. Our Zoom calls have been very productive, and, and everybody's gotten a little more creative, I think. And it, it's given us all a, a perspective of, okay, it can go away at any time which I think we forgot about, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how lucky we were to have the opportunities that we all have. Um, you know, not everybody gets to walk out the door and look at Grandfather Mountain every day. And we're in a location where we can do that. And uh, most every day, if the clouds aren't sitting on it, it it's perfect. Um, but, you know, we will face our challenges. Uh, when I first came here in the 80s, I think we had seven, maybe eight teams. Uh, and as you say, now we're over 20. Um, we have consistently had 300 plus athletes for the last few years. And I don't see that changing. Um, we've got to work on our facilities and improve them. And hopefully, um, you know, we can add to them to give our student athletes the best experience they can have. Um, uh, you know, you throw money at those things, that's great. But the work that has to come from us, meaning the staff and our student-athletes, to keep us on the right track, uh, I mean, that's that's the key. Uh, we need the support of our uh, Bobcat Club and our alum, um, and it makes me very happy to see how many alum are starting to come back and get involved. Um, and that's, that's, again, is due to a lot of hard work of a few, and it's brought in uh, a lot more uh, recently. Uh, whether or not we add additional sports, um, I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see how the future goes. Uh, to do that, I think we need to prepare and, and not put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite sayings is if we don't prepare well beforehand – then we're really putting ourselves in a hard spot to succeed. And um, the prep work is the key. Uh, Just like with an athlete training, if they don't do that uh, training for their sport, if they don't do that prep work, then they're going to end up injured. And that puts, you know, a delay in what their ultimate goal is. And that affects a lot of people. It affects their team, even if it's, uh, individual sport in cycling we've had a, a number of individual champions but that's a big part of the team as well the team has to support them and they their team and, and we're the same way in athletics so i think we have a very bright future um you know obviously as i said i would like to see our facilities continue to improve we've come a long way recently um, upgrades within the gym itself and things we've added uh, the donation of the the cold tub back in the athletic training room last year was big for us. Um, I hope we get to use it this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a lot of little things coming together makes the big picture even better. Um, and I think, you know, we need big things, but we've got to do the little things to get there. Uh, if that makes sense for you. So, oh, it makes a hundred percent sense. And I agree with you. And I'm, just thankful and grateful that you've been a part of all of those little things 
and and how they have grown into such uh, wonderful accomplishments and all of the relationships that have been uh, enjoyed through that process. Uh, I just want to say thank you to you, Miss Rita, for all that you've done for uh, the college and for the athletic department because you have had a tremendous impact and I hope to see you around uh, for many, many years to come. So thank you for telling uh, all your stories today and sharing that with our listeners on Inside the Den. Well, I appreciate it, Tim, and uh, I feel very blessed. Well, thank you. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.